Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, Akuo. We are continuing in our series this week, which we are calling Build on Belief. Now that we have learned how it is that we build sturdy, which is by believing in Jesus and the things he commanded us to do, which, in case you forgot, is to love others like Jesus so the world knows that you're a disciple and love others by laying your life down the same way that Jesus did for us. Now, essentially, what we're trying to figure out in this series is what to do with our life once we have started to believe in Jesus. What we are trying to do is figure out what we do next. Now, before we go any further with this message, let's just take a moment to stop and pray. So Jesus, I just thank you for, for today. I thank you for the opportunity that you have given us to, to be together and, and have this time with one another. I pray that, that as I'm speaking, that you would just be speaking directly through me, that the Holy Spirit would be moving in an amazing way, that it would just be able to make its way to people's hearts, that scales would fall off of eyes and, and plugs would fall out of ears, Lord, and hearts would just open and soften to this message. We thank you for everything, Jesus, and we love you. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. Now, as we get started, if you're interested in following along with us on your own, we will be reading through the historical view of the Acts of the Apostles of Jesus as recorded by the disciple Luke. So if you want to follow along with us, we will be in chapters 1 and 2 in the book of Acts, which is what it's normally called, but I just kind of want to give you this idea and an understanding of what the book of Acts really is. Now, before we can fully jump into this passage in Acts, I want to give you guys some context. So last week, we read through the end of the biography of Jesus' life, authored by his friend and disciple John. And we got a chance to see some great stories of Jesus coming back to visit the disciples after his resurrection. But there is one conversation that I really want us to remember and, and dig into and really jump off from this week. So let's take a look at what happens when Jesus gets some alone time with Peter. There, John writes... After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. So here Jesus gives Peter the direction to go and lead the disciples in a way of following him. Jesus wants Peter to follow in his footsteps. In that moment, Peter is given a purpose to go and lead the disciples, but also go and share the gospel with the world. So at this point, at some point after this meeting, Jesus starts to explain to the disciples that they will all get a special gift. 
The gift that was promised to them wasn't like a PS5. It was the Holy Spirit. Then Jesus explains that they will receive power from the Spirit, and the disciples will be able to tell people all over the world about who Jesus is and what he did. Then after that, Jesus was taken up into a cloud. He ascended into heaven. No death, no more deterioration of his body. He just got beamed right up. Then the disciples were left to figure things out on their own, right? Jesus was gone, so it was, they were officially on their own. So they took their first order of business, finding a replacement for Judas, the one that betrayed Jesus. So they were able to find a few qualified candidates within their group, and the disciples decided finally to add a man named Matthias. And he was the one that was chosen to be the 12th disciple. Then it was exactly 50 days after Jesus was crucified at Passover that the festival of Pentecost started. Now the festival of Pentecost took place every year for the Jewish people at Mount Sinai, which was the same place that Moses went up on top of the mountain to get the law from God. Pentecost would be considered an agricultural festival because it was a time that farmers brought their first sheaf of wheat from their crop and offered it up to God. This was a time that the farmers took part in the act of generosity called the tithe. And they did this for a few reasons. The first was to show gratitude for God, right? Absolutely. The second was to ask God to take care of the rest of the crop as they continued to harvest it. Now, while this was part of what happened at the festival, it wasn't what this festival was all about. This was a time for the Jewish people to be reminded of all that God had done for them, taking them out of Egypt, leading them through the wilderness, and giving them a purpose and a way of life through the law, otherwise known as the Ten Commandments. I mean, they were in the same place that Moses walked off the mountain holding those tablets. So of course they're going to be thinking about that. So with all of that being the backdrop, let's see how Luke recorded this moment. In Acts 2, here's what he wrote. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At this time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. So understanding what people were there to see with the Pentecost festival, this makes a lot of sense why the Holy Spirit would show up there at this time. You see, after Jesus left, there would still, be, there would still need to be some leadership from God given to the disciples. And it was the same thing before, right? Maybe God wasn't physically leading them through the wilderness anymore, but they needed some sort of leading. And it wasn't coming in stone tablets anymore. No, things had changed. Jesus had changed everything. There was no longer a separation between God and man like there were for the Jewish people as they were walking through the wilderness. Because now, believing in Jesus gave you the chance to be a child of God, a friend to Jesus. So the leader of this new movement the leader given with this new covenant that Jesus established is the Holy Spirit. It was no longer the law of Moses that would lead followers of God, but rather the Holy Spirit that would be given to the believers of Jesus. 
And we see that happening as the, the flames appeared upon them in the same way that God spoke to Moses in the burning bush, in the flame. And it's in this moment it should be understood that this is the way we should be led in our lives. We should be leaning on the Holy Spirit for direction and application of all the things that Jesus has taught us, of all the things that Jesus has commanded us. And it's in this moment right here, it's when the early church actually got started, when the Holy Spirit showed up. These disciples had the full ability to go and share the word of God with the entire world. And the way it manifested in that moment was very interesting. The Holy Spirit gave them the ability to speak in new languages. And it was to the point where there was a loud noise, people all came to hear them, and they would be able to see like, oh dang, that dude's speaking in my language, and that lady's speaking my language. And it was something that enticed lots of non-believers to see what was going on. So this huge crowd of people showed up, and they're looking around. And it's in this moment that Peter understands what he must do. He's supposed to be following Jesus, right? Jesus said, follow me. So Peter is supposed to be following in Jesus' footsteps. So Peter does his best, Jesus' impression in this moment, and he starts to preach to the crowd. Full of the Holy Spirit, Peter gives his first sermon. So let's look at how he kicks it off. Luke recorded it like this. Peter said, people of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. So very quickly, Peter gets to the point. He's here, there to talk about Jesus and let the people know who he was. Peter is explaining to them why Jesus is qualified, and it's because he was publicly endorsed by God, and none of those miraculous things would have happened without God being present. And all the people would have heard all the stories about Jesus up to that point. I mean, everybody might not have believed everything, but they all heard about Jesus and what he had been doing. And this might have been the first time for all those non-believers to like really get a chance to hear about Jesus in this way. So it's a very incredible moment that's happening right here. So let's continue on on Peter's sermon. Here's what he says next. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to the cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself, for he died and was buried, and his tomb is still there among us. But he was a prophet, and he knew God had promised with an oath that one of his own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. So the next part that is established is that Jesus was killed and raised from the dead. Which if someone said that today, like they made a claim about somebody like that, we would probably dismiss them pretty quickly. However, in that time, they had a different way of operating. The burden of proof needed in their society was very different. Really, all they needed to prove something in the court of law was two witnesses. So here was way more than two witnesses. Of course, they had the 12 disciples, and all, and so they, they were there, so that's more than, than two. Then they had all the different believers that got a chance to spend time with Jesus. Remember, someone like Mary Magdalene, the first person to actually see the resurrected Jesus, the one that told the disciples that Jesus was back. 
She wasn't a disciple, but I guarantee you she was a believer. And I'd be willing to bet money that she was a part of that group and the Holy Spirit was moving in her as well. So think about how many more people would have been outside of the disciples. So that's how many people are there showing up and speaking that they saw Jesus as well. This would have been an overwhelming amount of evidence that Jesus was who everyone had said he was, that all those stories they'd heard about Jesus were actually true. So this group of people agreeing to what they saw would have been enough for some people to believe that Jesus was real. And remember, this is fresh. This is super fresh. This is like, this happened within 50 days. I mean, think about it like this. That, that whole like Will Smith slap of Chris Rock, that happened about 40 days ago. And people are still talking about it. I bet you, as I said it right now, you immediately had a picture in your mind of what was going on. Well, they're about 10 days past this. Now, what happened while Jesus was crucified was actually way bigger and way more talked about than the Will Smith slap. So for many people to attest that everything that the people of Israel were hearing about Jesus was true, it would have been a huge sign for a non-believer to put stock into all this Jesus stuff. Now there is one more piece to Peter's sermon though. So let's take a look at what he said. Now Jesus is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, sit in the place of honor at my right hand, until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. So the way Peter ends this is by explaining that Jesus ascended into heaven after he came back to spend time with them. Then he compared Jesus to someone that they would all think of as one of the most holy people of their culture, David, a man that became king of Israel, someone that was chosen by God to be king of Israel, a man that was a prophet, a man that was described as a man after God's own heart. So Peter holds up David and explains that not even David did what we are telling you Jesus did. Luke then writes that Peter's spirit-filled words pierced the hearts of the crowd. And in that moment, Peter explained to the crowd that they were going to need to turn from the way they understood who God was and how he wanted them to live their lives. Because again, up to that point, they were still following the law. Peter knew that they needed to make a change to how they understood that. They needed to change their mind on who they thought Jesus was. Then they needed to make an outward expression of the internal decision they made. They were supposed to get baptized, just like we saw last week in our services. He explained to the crowd that they would need to do that. And then once they did that, they too would receive the Holy Spirit. So Peter and the disciples baptized and baptized and baptized some more. Luke records that there were about 3,000 people baptized that day. For us, there's something that we can take from this, practically. The first part is that once we believe, we have to understand that we have a purpose. It doesn't end with belief. Sure, Peter got up in front of everyone and preached, but 
When the Holy Spirit first ascended, it said that everyone was speaking about Jesus in languages of the world. So that, tell me, tell, that tells me that our first purpose for everyone, the first way that we can build on belief is sharing with the people around us who Jesus is. Now, when we do this, notice how Peter did it. Take a cue from him. He just talked about Jesus and what he did. There wasn't a bunch of scripture for Peter to quote because the New Testament hadn't even been written yet. So Peter just talked about who Jesus was. Peter met the crowd's preconceived notions of Jesus with the facts of who Jesus was. Peter then conceptualized that information with someone the Jewish people would know and could connect to. Peter used that person to help explain who Jesus was. A cool church for us, we can do the same thing. Now, I'm not saying that we need to go and stand in front of a huge crowd of people and start like yelling about who Jesus was. No, no, no. But I am saying that you will have opportunities to explain to people in your life who Jesus is. Now, if you're worried about memorizing scripture or something like that, don't. All you have to do is talk about Jesus, explain who he is and how you've seen him do things in your own life. That's it. Also, remember, Jesus isn't the church. The church is a group of people that are supposed to be following Jesus. And people can mess up and do awful things. So if you're telling someone about Jesus and it turns towards the atrocities of the church, don't feel like you need to defend those atrocities. Because there are a ton of things the church has done in this world that Jesus would not approve of. You're not trying to explain church to someone, just Jesus. All you have to do is point someone to Jesus in the way you have known him in your life. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that. Now, when you're doing that, I guarantee you that you will have all the right words. I know that might be a fear that you have, but you can do it just like Peter. And how can I guarantee you that you'll have the right words? Because you have the Holy Spirit guiding you in the same way. Now, when we do that, and it's combined with the love that Jesus has commanded us to show everyone, we can see something amazing happen. We can see community, real organic community grow. Now, let's see what that looked like with the people of the early church there with Peter. Here's what Luke wrote. All the believers, all the new believers and old believers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, which we know as communion, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, communion, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. This is what it looked like for the early church. They were all about the apostles' teaching, which was, which was centered around Jesus and his life. They were all about fellowship, spending time with each other. They were all about sharing meals. 
They were all about sharing what they had with one another. And they used their resources to get more for their community. They worshiped together. They did life with one another. And it was through this kind of life that people on the outside would see and want to join. Now, unfortunately, this isn't always what people see when they think about today's church. People on the outside will see a country club for all the people that are like part of the status quo. Or they'll see a group that is looking to hold people and push people away to the outside. That's not what we're about here at Akuo. We are a church that will love people in the best way we possibly can. We are a church that will keep Jesus at the center of everything we learn. We are a church that will spend time with one another. We are a church that will share meals with one another. We are a church that will use our resources to link to our community to make it a better place. We are a church that will worship together. We are a church that will do life with one another. And through that, people on the outside will be able to see what we are about and they'll want to join in. Now, because of all this, we're going to be doing some things here at Akuo Church where we are going to be making sure that we have a chance to link to our community and they can see what we're about. The first thing we're going to be doing are dinner groups kicking off at the start of June. Akuo, we talked about how the church met together in homes and shared together. I want us to be able to do the same thing in our community. So over the next few weeks, we're going to start having signups ready for you to go to a dinner on Friday, June 3rd, Saturday, June 4th, or Sunday, June 5th. We will organize these groups by what neighborhood they will be in. And so we don't necessarily want you to go to hang out with your friends. We want you to go to the community that you want to be a part of. So as of right now, we have dinners that will be happening on the south side, in downtown proper, Beacon Hill, one on the east side, and a few in our Woodlawn Lake area. These dinners won't just be for our church friends. This will be a time where we want to encourage you to invite your neighbors and people outside of the church to see what it might be like to be a part of our Akuo community. Really, it's just a time for you to hang out with friends that you love and have a meal with them. Now, one of the other things that we'll have going on is our connection to Feed SA this year. Now, Feed SA is an initiative that we was started at City Church about 13 years ago to help stock the food bank at times when they are in desperate need of food. So right now in the summer, San Antonio Food Bank donations go way down while their need for food goes way up. So what we will be doing is joining in on that and making donations to the food bank over the next few weeks. We're going to get one of those red bins that you can Put out, that we're going to put out during services and you can drop some food in there in that way or you can give money. And for every dollar that we give to the food bank, the food bank is able to use that money to buy seven meals. One dollar equals seven meals. To make it easy to donate them, we're going to put that on our electronic giving that you do every single week. There's going to be a line on there just for that. Now we'll also have on May 21st a chance for us to get together and serve in the SA Food Bank's Urban Garden. Akua, we want to make sure we are doing things in a way that would honor and show Jesus to everyone that we come across. That's what we are about here at Akua. We exist to bring people into community with Jesus and one another, and that's what we're going to be doing. Now, to be in community with Jesus, it's easy. All you have to do is believe. 
Now, for some of you, you don't have that belief yet. And well, if that's you, I'm, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're listening to my words. And I wanna help walk you through that. If you believe, even if it's like only 1%, it's as tiny as a mustard seed, then Jesus can do something with that. So right now, I'd like to help you confirm that belief in Jesus by having a simple conversation that you can have with him, which we would call a prayer. So if you wanna do that, I'd like to help lead you in that conversation. And to help you out in this moment, I'm gonna ask our entire Akuo community to be praying along with you. Because here at Akuo Church, no one ever has to pray alone. You always have a community with you. So if you wanna do that, just pray something like this with me. Just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. Today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Amen. Now let's just keep our heads bowed and whether you believed for the last four seconds or the last four decades and you wanna operate better with the Holy Spirit and build community, then pray something like this along with me. Just say, Jesus, thank you for everything you have done for me. Thank you for laying your life down for me. Thank you for loving me and showing me how to love others. Jesus, I ask you to remind me that the Holy Spirit lives within me. Remind me to lean on the Spirit when it comes to trying to figure out how to live my life the way you want me to. Jesus, show me the people that you want me to love on. Show me the ways you want me to build community. Jesus, give me my next steps. Give me the path you want me to take to build on believing in you. Jesus, give me the direction you want me to go to serve you in the best way possible and serve the community around me in the best way possible. Jesus, thank you for everything. And we pray all of these things in your holy and awesome name of Jesus. Amen. Now, just as members of the early church in Acts would meet up to celebrate the Lord's Supper or communion, I want us to do the same thing right now. So if you're interested, I would like to have you participate with me in the act known as communion. So right now, go ahead and get your drink. It can be grape juice or wine or soda or water. It doesn't matter. Also get out uh, you know, a cracker, a piece of bread, tortilla, pan dulce, uh, an Oreo, whatever it is. The actual method in which we celebrate communion doesn't matter. It's who and what we celebrate during communion that matters. So if you need to take a second to, to pause this, you can go and grab your video, go grab that and, and, and come back uh, in, in a second. Now, in this moment, let me break down what communion is all about. Communion is something that we do so we have a full understanding and reminder of who Jesus was and what he did here on this earth. The way that he lived his life for us and eventually gave up his life for us. That is what communion is all about. Communion isn't about us, you know, getting him to serve us. It's through communion that we are recognizing how we are linked to him. Through communion, we are remembering what he did for us and celebrating what he did for us. 
We are recognizing how we can build our lives up by building a foundation on Jesus. So let's do that. Let's take these moments to remember what Jesus did for us. So the first thing we're going to need to do is take the, the bread or the piece of cracker, whatever you have, and, and just take a bite out of it. So this represents Jesus' body that he gave up for us. And by ingesting it, it reminds us that Jesus lives within us. It reminds us that he is a part of who we are. Then your drink, it represents the blood that Jesus spilled for you to save your life and allow you to have access to the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for everything that you've done for me, for us. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for laying your life down for us. Help us build our life on you, Jesus. Help us build on our belief. Thank you for everything, Jesus. Amen. Now, before you go, there are a few things that I do want to share with you. The first thing is, is what we have coming up on May the 22nd. We will be doing child dedications here at Akuo. Now, here at Akuo, we don't necessarily do infant or baby baptisms because we believe that a person should be able to make their own decision to follow Jesus all on their own. So for babies and children, what we do is celebrate child dedications. Now, child dedications are a time that parents will bring their child up to the front of the church in front of their entire community and declare that they will raise their child in the ways of Jesus. Again, this will be happening in our service on May the 22nd, our in-person service on May the 22nd. So if you have one or more kids that you would like to dedicate, you can sign up now by clicking on our website or by looking at any of our social media pages. There will be links there for you to click to go get signed up to get your child dedicated. Also, because this is such a fun day, we want you to be sure and tell all of your community, all your friends, all your family, all your neighbors, that they are invited to come and celebrate along with us. Now, Kua, we wouldn't be able to do any of these things without you and your generosity here. So I just want to thank you for the ways that you have been generous to Akuo Church. Again, lives and eternities are changed because of the way that you give sacrificially. Now, I don't care how you do it. I just ask that when you give sacrificially that you would be talking to God to see what he wants you to sacrifice. So if you aren't sure where to start or you aren't hearing necessarily from, from God, one of the many ways that you can express your generosity here at Akul is in a way that we talked about earlier. It's through the biblical method of generosity called tithing, which means giving your first fruit 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. That could be a great place for you to start. Now, sacrificial giving might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and your family, and that's okay if you can't give right now. If things are tough for you right now, please allow us to help you out. We want to be linked to you during your tough time. So if you need anything at all, reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs help, please let us know. All you have to do to do that is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. 
You can also send us an email at help at akuo.church. You can also call or text the church at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to give here at Akuo, there are a few ways that you can do that. The first way you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. Now, when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions that you'll see on the screen. We also have a text to give option. For that, all you have to do is text AKUO, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you wanna to give to the number 77977. Now, if you don't wanna give electronically, we also have our PO box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your check to AKUO at PO box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, guys. That's all that I have for you today. I just want you to know that each and every week, me and the Akuo team are thinking about you and praying about you all week long, and that we'll be do doing the same exact thing this week. Now, before we go, let me just pray over you one last time, and you can be on your way. So, Jesus, I, I just thank you for today. I thank you for the way that you've been moving. I thank you for the examples that you have set for us. I thank you for the way that you led the early church to meet together and, and love on one another and, and just serve in each other in such amazing ways. I ask that, that as people turn off their, their TVs and close up their laptops and put their phones away, that you would be reminding them to do the same thing. I pray that you would remind them to talk about you with their community. I pray that you would remind them to share meals with people that they love. And I pray that you would remind them that they have the Holy Spirit working within them at all times. Jesus, thank you for everything. We love you. And we pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you. We will see you at a community group this week. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.